With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And it's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And as we continue the off-season roundtables, I went out and got somebody who's a fantastic writer in the sport of baseball, but he follows football very closely, too. I couldn't get anybody with a Pro Football Hall of Fame vote, so I got somebody with a Baseball Hall of Fame vote instead. Joe Rivera, who's a huge Jets fan and covers baseball for the sporting news. Joe, thanks so much for coming on. By the way, I don't actually know if you have a Hall of Fame vote for baseball. I hope I didn't oversell you. <laughs> uh, you know, Not yet. I'm still a little early in the process. I'm a year, I want to say four in the BBWAA, so I have six years until I get a vote. But make no mistake, my bad Hall of Fame voting takes are always out there. So, uh, you know, even though I don't ha- cast an official vote yet, you can always find a really bad opinion on that on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is famous for producing bad opinions from everybody. I'm sure people could dig up plenty of very bad opinions that I've had over the years. And right now, A lot of people are looking through opinions on Adam Gase when he first got hired. A lot of old takes exposed going on because if you remember, Joe, there were some people, especially in the press, that were applauding that hire. And a lot of the fans were on the other end of that. I know I certainly was. I was saying that it was a repulsive hire and it was going to be terrible. Looks like that's more or less what happened, unless you have a different spin on it. Was there something that you saw that you could come out of this with a positive outlook in any way? No, I, I really don't think so. You know, when, when Gase was hired, Scott, I tried to look at it in the most rational way I possibly could, right? I mean, he was three years with Miami. He didn't have his starting quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, for, I want to say, half the games or more than half the games there. Uh, he was relegated to Jay Cutler, Brock Osweiler, 
having to navigate that kind of situation is difficult any any way you look at it. It's not like Miami was completely devoid of talent. He made the playoffs the first year with Ryan Tannehill healthy that season. Uh, they went on a run towards the end of the year. Everybody knows that. But it, it went beyond that, obviously, uh, his dealings with the media, everything that happened there. But you figure – you know, he gets a second chance, fine. Not a lot of coaches get a second chance immediately after their first chance, especially in the NFL. Jets gave him the chance. I was I was okay with it. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I understood the rationale behind it. He was an experienced head coach. It was a weird situation in Miami. You figure that he can unlock uh, what Darnold was. So I totally understood it, but safe to say, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. It was a bad hire then. Uh, they should have given Matt Rule the job. They should have let him pick a staff, but it's just not the way it worked out. So um, unfortunate for Gase, I guess, unfortunate for the Jets that they and Jets fans that they had to endure this this last two years. But uh, it's just the way the just the way the cookie crumbled, unfortunately. Joe, let's talk about the new head coach, Robert Sala. Obviously very different from Adam Gase. What are your thoughts so far? Has never been a head coach before, so we can't judge him on track record there. But he seems to be a promising prospect, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, hearing this guy talk and, and seeing him on the sideline, I mean, take pre-workout and inject it directly into my jugular, man. This guy <laughs> gets everybody going. And and just listening to the way that he talks, uh, the way that he coaches, the way that he made chicken salad out of you-know-what uh, last, last season with all the injuries on the defensive side of the ball with San Francisco. I mean, he's, he's the real deal. And I know a lot of Jets fans wanted guys like uh, Brian Dable, um, they wanted, you know, maybe Arthur Smith, but you know, Sal is a guy to me, he's going to be that CEO type. He's going to be the leader. He's going to be the guy on Sunday that everybody answers to. And that's what this team needs. This is, that's desperately what this organization needs. And not only that, but he put together a killer staff, man, top to bottom and coaching matters in this league, coaching matters in the NFL, man. It's, it's not the NBA where players can essentially call their own game the way that they see fit or major league baseball, where the manager doesn't entirely factor into day to uh, day to day or game day decisions as much anymore. Um, so seeing Salah, he's, he's a guy that he's going to take charge He's, he's a very good coach. He's more than just a good quote. And listening to his press conferences, he's a very, very smart guy. Um, he knows how to manage people, which is very important. He knows how to get to the meat of the issues with players. I mean, how many times did he mention, uh, my job is to help players get paid as much as possible. You know, that's something, it's, it's very refreshing how honest that is, right? Because a lot of times we hear, well, you know, I want the player to be the best, you know, play the bear, their best on Sunday, but it's about the paycheck at the end of the day. A lot of these guys want to get paid. So having a coach that's upfront about that and talking about investing in his players too is very, very cool to hear and investing in them as a, as a, a player and a person. So I, I think Salah is, is an aces higher if it wasn't going to be Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Sala was number one on my list. And just the way the Jets and Joe Douglas and and even Christopher Johnson, I know a lot of people don't want to give him credit, and I understand why. But the way that they went about this process, identifying a candidate immediately, not letting really, I mean, the seven hours in the building, um, letting him get away, obviously, but knowing that he was their guy. I mean, that's that's big. And it shows that this this organization as a whole is really taking a step forward when it comes to maturity and 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 really knowing how to run a business uh, football operation professionally again. Since you brought up Joe Douglas and ownership, let's talk about them for a second. 
Three thoughts on Joe Douglas at the moment. He's only had one full off season. Some good things, some bad things. Now he heads into a make or break off season in a lot of ways because of all the draft picks, all the free agency money. He had to do the head coaching hire, which it sounds like you are very supportive of. Tell me what you think of the job he's done so far and where you're at with him in terms of how optimistic you are going forward. And then what are your thoughts on ownership, both Christopher Johnson, the job he's done, and whether or not you're happy or sad or somewhere in between about Woody Johnson coming back? So so Douglas is interesting, right? And as a fan, I want to have the utmost faith in him. Um, and, and I believe in a lot of things that he's done. I know a lot of people are going to point to his free agency, letting Robbie Anderson uh, get away and go to Carolina and, you know, maybe not improving the offensive line as much as he could. But I think when you're a guy like Joe Douglas coming from that Baltimore system and the way that they do things in free agency, it's never going to be this big splashy high uh, signing. It's never going to be that. So I don't, I think that he's going to spend some money this off season. I think he's done a good job overall, but I think the majority of what he wants to do, and this is no surprise to anybody is build through the draft and supplement through free agency. I think when you, when you're a guy that comes from that Ozzie Newsome tree and obviously came up as a scout, he knows how to identify good players. I think his draft this year was was emblematic of that. I think he did a very, very good job, good job in the draft. Free agency is where he's going to get some of the more flashy players, you know, maybe a few a wide receiver or two this year. Obviously, the offensive line is going to be an upgrade. But I think overall, Douglas has done a good job. I don't think he's done a great job. I don't look at him as the savior, the messiah of the organization just yet. I think this offseason is going to be key for that. And, and I think I just have faith that he's going to do a good job. He's a professional. He seems to know what he's doing. I think the one thing about Douglas that to me is is very impressive and shows that he gets it. So he trades Steve McClendon to a contender this year, right? And and he gives a veteran player the opportunity to go win ring. And he did. He releases Le'Veon Bell to see if he can latch on with another championship team uh, to let him play the market and see it through, which he did. And, and he went to Kansas City and obviously his production wasn't great. But things like that show me that Douglas gets it and he gets the personal side of the business, which I think is, is super key for a general manager and for an organization trying to find its footing in the league again and, and show that it's not a miserable destination, especially coming off the Quincy and Nunwa stuff and and everything that happened with Colecio Semele last year and, and all the injury things. And it's kind of a black eye, but Douglas seems to have navigated that. As far as ownership goes, I know a lot of people are down on Christopher Johnson. I personally don't see it. They get a, He gets a lot of heat for, for hiring Adam Gase, which I understand. It wasn't a great hire, but he Christopher Johnson doesn't seem like a guy who's going to live with his mistakes, right? So he fires Todd Bowles and he sticks with Mike McCagnan. McCagnan goes later on when he realizes it was a mistake. He hires Adam Gase. I think he had a four-year contract. Um, he fires him after two years, realizing that, hey, it was a mistake. Uh, he realigns the power structure. So now Robert Sala will be speaking directly, reporting directly to Joe Douglas, which I think a lot of people agree is probably the best way to do things. I know there are other organizations in the NFL, like the Steelers, who have each guy reporting to, to the owner individually. But I think Christopher Johnson is a guy that wants to get it right. Everything that I've seen him do, everything I've seen him say, whether it was the national anthem protests, supporting his players, saying he'll pay their fines, or the organizational decisions, and um, not being afraid to go out and, and identify a guy like Sala and let Joe Douglas run the coaching search. So 
I, I have no problems with Christopher Johnson. I know that he's been at it for, you know, four years since Woody's been gone. I hope that Woody keeps his hands out of it. It certainly seems like that CJ is going to have a little bit more insight on the day-to-day operations, but uh, I, Woody's the wild card to me. I think he's probably satisfied, at least publicly. He said he's satisfied with the things that Douglas has done and, and the Salah hire and, and supported supporting his brother. So he's the wild card in all this, but I think that with the contract that Douglas got, obviously with the contract that Robert Sala got, I think they're going to see this whole thing through. And, and it really feels like the organization's moving in the right direction from an ownership standpoint. With the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. One of the biggest decisions that's going to have to be made is what happens at quarterback. Sam Darnold going into the final year of his contract, you have to assume they're not going to pick up that 50-year option at $25 million. They've got the number two overall pick. There are whispers about Deshaun Watson and other quarterbacks. What do you think they should do here? I said this a few days ago on Twitter, and some people called me a dumbass for it. I'm sorry if I can't say that on here. Um, And and a lot of people (laughs) said some not nice things to me on Twitter, but... There is no way, there is no world, there's no universe or, or dimension in which Sam Darnold can be the Jets' starting quarterback come 2021. They're just, it, it can't happen. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, but I've seen things over the last three years, and especially this past season, that rookies don't do. Um, not Still not knowing when to throw the ball away. Throwing the ball into triple coverage, he's missing wide open receivers. And I know a lot of people will point to Adam Gase, but when a receiver one runs open, it's your job as a quarterback to find him and stick him. And he was 33, uh, the number 33 quarterback from a clean pocket in accuracy. I think that's according to Pro Football Focus. He was obviously victimized by injuries and he was victimized by 
you know, poor offensive line play at times this season and, and coaching, and he was never given the full support um, as a player in the organization, as a quarterback, to want to nurture him. But you still have to make the decision on his fifth-year option. You have to pick it up by May 3rd, I want to say. Uh, and, and he's going to be making big bucks. That's just you can't run into his fourth year not knowing what he is. Do I think he has talent? Yes. I think he has plenty of arm strength. I think he has shown uh, an ability to, to make some otherworldly throws at times, but it's just not going to happen here. And if you think it can happen here, you can't run that risk, especially with a guy like Robert Sala, who this is his first first head coaching gig. I don't think he wants to waste any time with a quarterback he knows isn't the future of this team. And also, this isn't Joe Douglas's quarterback either. So... I, when you look at the Jets and 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 just seeing the way that the organization's breaking down, this is not Douglas's quarterback. This is uh, a regime and a half ago, if you want to go with the coaching hires, um, and and it just doesn't make sense to keep them now. We know they're operating from an, a, a position of strength now. You can draft a quarterback at two. I'm a big Zach Wilson guy. Uh, I think he would fit perfectly in this team for this team right now. Justin Fields is. I don't want to say he's more of a project. That would be unfair of me to say, but uh, he does have a few more red flags that are a little bit concerning. But whether it's you trade for Watson, which I think would make a ton of sense for this team right now, or you draft a quarterback, those are your best two options right now. And in no world can Darnold be the quarterback come 2021. It just it just doesn't make any sense. Whoever the quarterback is, they're going to need to make improvements in other spots too, Joe, because you don't go 2-14 and 14 and have a team that doesn't need to make a lot of upgrades, both in free agency and the draft. We know they have a ton of money to spend. So how would you spend that money? First and foremost, it's it starts with the offensive line, man. I mean, we've gone ten years now as an organization, um, and and it just seems like whether it was the Idzik picks, uh, you know, Jar- Jarvis Harrison, you know, taking him in the draft. I mean, he, there was a total total breakdown between the the Mark Sanchez years and the Rex years to the offensive line that we see now. That's kind of an afterthought. And there was the Ryan Clady trade and even Douglas who, who bringing Ryan Khalil out of retirement last year. I mean, it hasn't been a point of emphasis. So whether that's, uh, whether that's Tooney out of, out of new England, I think that he would be, you know, obviously plug and play here and, and he would be asking for a lot of money or Brandon Scherf. We'll see what happens with him with Washington would also make a lot of sense. If you can't land Tooney, um, Moten out of as a tackle out of out of Carolina. We'll see what happens there, but he's going to be asking for a big contract. I want to say he's a free agent, and and a franchise tag could be on the table for him as well. But the first and foremost, this team has to has to win battles in the trenches, and we have Becton at left tackle, who looks like he seems to be the real deal, um, and he's only going to get better. At least you hope and and condition a little bit better. Um, but they're, they're still going to have to figure out the rest of the offensive line here, man. And Cam Clark was a guy, they took him out of, out of Carolina. And I was hoping, I said to myself, man, this guy, he could be, he could be the real deal. He could be, you know, a fourth, a fourth round, fourth round tackle could be a third round guard kind of thing, but we didn't see him play at all this year. So he's another question mark. And and then there's McGovern who wasn't really great at times this year and at center. And it's just, it's tough. It's tough. And I like Fant at right tackle, but who really knows what he is long-term. And I think that they can upgrade there as well. So the money this offseason, I think first and foremost, has to go to the offensive line. It just has to. You know, you want to look at wide receivers too. Uh, Allen Robinson probably going to get the franchise tag in Chicago. Wouldn't be surprised. A lot of people say Curtis Samuel uh, could be an option for the Jets with his speed and, and fitting in this system could absolutely work too. But 
um, I think for me, I think any Jets fan would would recognize that whether it's you know on some bizarre circumstance, which shouldn't happen, but if it's Sam Darnold under center this year, or Zach Wilson, or Justin Fields, or Deshaun Watson, they're going to need an offensive line. That's where the money has to go to first and foremost. Going past free agency and into the NFL draft in April, what do you think they should do there? I know you believe they should pick a quarterback at number two, whether it ends up being Wilson or Fields, unless they make a trade for Deshaun Watson. But what do you think they should do beyond that with the other picks that they have? Because they do have a pick at 23. They've got a pick in the second round, two picks in the third, a fourth, two fifths. So a lot of draft capital. What are you looking for them to shore up in the draft? So first, it starts with quarterback, right? Um, you know, at number two, I've, I've said this, and I just mentioned this, I've, I'm a big Zach Wilson guy. This guy, it's like watching backyard football with him. It's like watching an N1 mixtape, watching his highlights sometimes. Just the way he he has such a quick release. He has a strong arm. He has good athleticism. Not great. He has good athleticism. Um, and, and everything about this guy I like. There's a, a red flag to me. He really throws a lot of one-on-one balls, which he's gotten away with. I want to say he only had three interceptions this year in college uh, with BYU, but that does concern me a little bit. His propensity to want to, you know, fit that ball in there, it hasn't really turned into turnovers. I want to say his turnover-worthy throws are down, um, but that's the one. That's the one area of concern with me. Obviously, injury history too. You know, if they go Justin Fields, I won't be upset either. He's a guy with elite physical traits. He has a big arm. He he can run. He's fast. Um, they I want to say he was clocked at a four four one forty at some point last year, so he can move uh, if needed. Um, he's obviously he's got a big arm. He's tough. He's gritty. He seems like he plays with a lot of attitude. You like all that stuff. I don't think there's anything wrong with selecting either one of those guys. Now, where it gets interesting is with the Jets' second first round pick, and they can go any number of ways here. There aren't a lot of great interior offensive line options there. Uh, depending on how the how the board falls, you could maybe take a wide receiver there. I know Rashad Bateman's got a lot of run in the past. I don't really know. If he grades out as a first-round guy, he might be there for the Jets' second-round pick. Who knows? But uh, J.C. Horn, if you want to shore up cornerback out of out of uh, North Carolina State or South Carolina, I forget uh, which school he goes to, um, South Carolina. But uh, if you want to go there, you can go there. If you really want to shore up the defensive side of the ball, uh, it, a lot of it depends on how and what they do and what Joe Douglas does in free agency that dictates what that second round, that second first round pick will go to. But I think there's any, any number of areas that Jets could probably fix up at, at 23 if they keep that pick, if that's not going anywhere in any trades this offseason. Joe, while I have you here, I got to ask you a little bit about baseball too. Tell me what you think we could expect to see from both the Mets and the Yankees this year. Is there going to be a huge improvement from the Mets like a lot of the fans are hoping for with Steve Cohen? And do you think the Yankees are going to be right back in the thick of the World Series race? I think so. I think Mets fans have a lot of reason for optimism this year. Uh, Steve Cohen, I know that they didn't land any of the big guys on free agency, right? But they gave, they offered a, uh, an $100 million contract to Trevor Bauer. Um, they offered a $100 million contract to George Springer. And, and those are two guys that they missed out on. But you see that they're willing to spend the money, which is a very, very good thing. Now, in years, in years moving forward, they're not going to be able to miss on those free agents that they really want to get. And when the Yankees identify a guy, they go out and get them. And I know a lot of Mets fans don't want to hear the comparisons to the Yankees, but um, you know, when they see a guy that they want, they go out and get him, whether it's CC Sabathia or, or John Carlos Stanton or Garrett Cole this last offseason. When they identify a guy that they want, they get him. So the Mets are going to have to do that 
moving forward. But that being said, I always like their lineup. Um, they swing the trade for Francisco Lindor, which you know a lot of people seem to have forgotten, especially in the wake of of missing out on Trevor Bauer. But Francisco Lindor's a damn good player, man, and he's a guy that that um, he's going to be due for for a big payday. Who knows if they if they parlay the money that they didn't spend on these free agents this year into a long-term extension for Lindor. That would be, uh, he's a free agent uh, next off season. So I think the Mets would want to get that done immediately, uh, not let him hit the open market. But uh, I have a feeling they're going to outspend anyway for anyone for, for Lindor, especially next off season. So if they go that route, but if I'm a Met fan, I'm very excited. I think this rotation is, is really good, especially with DeGrom at the top. Uh, bullpen is, is decent. They lost out on Brad hand, but I really like, I like what the Mets did. It really feels like they're operating like a professional franchise. Again, we're not sitting here uh, saying, how are these guys not in on these free agents, which I think is, is key for them. As far as the Yankees are concerned, they're not without their issues still. Uh, and, and obviously they put together a killer lineup. Um, they have a very, very solid rotation, but the issue with the rotation is you're banking on a lot of youth in there, whether it's Michael King or Debbie Garcia or Clark Schmidt, these guys are going to have to fill out the rotation and you're not getting Luis Severino back until midseason. So uh, from Tommy John. So anytime you have a team that's vying for a world series, you need a, a decent mix of veteran and youth in the rotation. I think the Yankees are banking a little bit too much on the youth side. And I know they brought in Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyon, but those are two moves that I think should have been done a few years ago and not now. Um, but we'll see there. There's a lot of, I think their rotation altogether is, and we've known this for the last, you know, since the last time they won a world series, it's been something that they've been trying to figure out. And Cashman clearly has a type. He always goes again, goes after the young controllable types or guys with controllable contracts or cheap veterans. You can make a deal for So We'll see if they can put together. I don't think offense will be the problem. I don't think the, the, the defense will be much of a problem, though they're a less than good defensive team. Um, I think that their their bullpen won't be a problem, even without Adam Adovino, and we know that he didn't really live up to the contract he was getting before the trade to Boston. So the Yankees are in a tough spot. They got to hope that all of these guys that they, they brought in and the youth, they all perform. That's really what it comes down to because it's not about winning the division. It's not about winning 100 games or, or getting into the playoffs. It's about winning a World Series for them right now. And um, they, they're, they're gambling a lot with, with some of the guys that they have in the rotation for sure. Joe, last order of business. I saw this on your Twitter, and I have to take major issue with it. It's been a huge point of contention on this podcast over the years, and I saw you post this, and my head almost exploded. You posted that Jersey is the pizza capital of the United States, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but that's just false, and I think that tweet should be flagged. And there should be a warning underneath it because while I do believe that New Jersey has better pizza than almost every other state, I cannot believe that you would go on Twitter and tell people that New Jersey's pizza is better than New York's. Listen, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, number one of all the things that could have ticked you off on my Twitter account, I'm glad that that was <laughs> the one because it is certainly the least innocuous of the takes that I've put out there. So I live, I live in New Jersey. I live in suburban New Jersey. And along my strip here, there are within, I want to say, a mile radius. I have eight, eight pizza places. Each and every one of them are delicious. Now, you go to New York and there's some contention over what pizza places are good, which aren't. I think you go anywhere in New Jersey. I want to say 98 
or 90, about 98% of every pizza place you go to will always have a quality slice, no matter where you go. And as someone who's ventured into New York, uh, you know, uh, more than a couple times uh, for work or, or pleasure or whatever, it just seems like not every pizza place is that top tier stuff. And I feel like I get that in New Jersey. So I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I love talking food with people. I eat a lot of it. As you can imagine, um, I, I just feel like there's something about New Jersey pizza just rolling up to any strip mall in the state of New Jersey and knowing you're going to get a quality slice and, and not have to worry about pizza rats or not have to worry about, uh, you know, homeless guys smelling like pee walking into a pizza joint. I think that that's that's really what sets New Jersey apart from the rest of the world. <laughs> I'll say this much in Manhattan. There are some of those dollar slice type of places and that's not the high end stuff. But if you go outside of Manhattan and there are plenty of good pizza places in Manhattan. But if you go outside of Manhattan, I think that's really where the best pizza is. Long Island, Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx. Everywhere you go there is going to have excellent pizza. So I'll disagree with your hypothesis, but I think we can both agree that the people <laughs> that say that New Haven is above New York and New Jersey are out of their minds. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Those those people drive me nuts, man. It's it's like the most hipster thing you can say when it comes to food. It's it's like it's like watching an art house movie. It's like liking a band before it was cool. It's just so obnoxious. It's like, man, I love New Jersey pizza, but Hey, did you like, uh, what do you, have you ever had New Haven pizza? Give me a break, man. No one, no one cares about Connecticut. Are you kidding me? It's, it's, it's the worst, probably the worst state out of the 50 here. Here's my hot take for the day. Connecticut's probably the worst state out of the 50 states in this country. Okay. And you got to drive through there to get to Massachusetts and get to Boston. And, and one time I was coming back from Boston. This is, you know, totally tangential. I, but I, I can't stand Connecticut. But here we go. I'm driving back from Boston and you hit Connecticut and it's like two hours left, right? On the GPS. Wow, two hours left. I hit traffic and, and we're moving, moving. And it's the, the time keeps going up. Two hours and five minutes, two hours and 20 minutes, three hours left. I'm like, where the hell is this traffic coming from in this tiny state? Man, I just don't understand. But yeah, New Haven Pizza, people that go on about it, like I know that I, I don't want to hear it. I've had it. Um, I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. It's not even in the discussion. It's not in the realm of pizza capital. It's it's just not worth even even thinking about talking about. I don't want to I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> I would just like to use this disclaimer. The views of Joe Rivera on the state of Connecticut <laughs> do not necessarily reflect the views of the host and the show because there are people that listen from Connecticut. So I am not trashing your state. That was all Joe Rivera, just so you know. Yeah. Joe, thanks so much Sorry. for coming on. Really appreciate it. And by the way, I will also say that for a future episode, we can discuss the idea of deep dish pizza in Chicago and how it's not actually pizza. But that's a really long conversation <laughs> that we can get into, as well as, by the way, Papa Murphy's. I don't know if you've heard of that, but that's another one. Not real pizza. And anybody who goes to Papa Murphy's, I don't know what you're doing. You should just get a DiGiorno. But Joe Rivera covering <laughs> MLB for the Sporting News and, of course, a huge Jets fan. So glad that you could come on, talk a little Jets. Let's even throw a little baseball in there and, of course, mix it up on pizza. For those that want to check out your work in the sporting news, follow you on social media, talk a little Jets with you, how can they do that? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, if you dare, at, uh, at Joe Rivera SN. I'm always up for a good discussion and my DMs are open. If you take issue with anything I say, and you, obviously sportingnews.com is where you can find all of my subpar work, but uh, I'm available there whenever you guys need. 
selling himself short. I don't know about subpar. I've always enjoyed your work at Sporting News. So if you want to check out what he's written about baseball, go see what Joe's doing over at the Sporting News and follow him on Twitter at Joe Rivera SN. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.